With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. Mike Samich, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. Week zero tomorrow. Notre Dame just got hit to 21 over at DraftKings. We're going to welcome in Ari Wasserman, the podcast over at The Athletic. Until Saturday, Ari's awesome. I, I miss Ari. I said it before. I miss Ari and Andy Staples together with their pod. But we say hi to Ari. Until Saturday is the pod. You can find Ari on Twitter at Ari Wasserman. Hi, Ari. How are you? Good. I miss Andy, too. But you have two t- two shows now that you can listen to. <laughs> no, um, no, I appreciate I... you having me on. Of course. And we look forward to uh, to listening. Quickly want to ask you about Notre Dame in Dublin uh, taking on the midshipmen. That number just got hit to 21. I believe you do have an opinion on this one. Yeah, that's the, I mean, for week zero, uh, that's the uh, play that I like the most. Um, I think that there's a lot of, you know, thought process about last year's game and how it was a three point um, difference in the, in the, in the final score a year ago. And I just like have to think that Notre Dame, they a more complete team uh, last year. They didn't, uh, do it all, <laughs> do it all well, throwing the football and, um, you know, Navy was pretty good team shutting down the run. And then, um, you know, in the second half of that game, they did a good job of confusing Drew Pine and, you know, Notre Dame just couldn't throw the football. Um, this year they've got a quarterback and, and Hartman that can do some things through the air that, you know, Notre Dame hasn't had in a while. And, you know, I actually do believe that, you know, Notre Dame is equipped with Tobias Merriweather at the receiver position, uh, Chris Tyree, and, you know, just, uh, you know, Sam Hartman's ability to do things that they weren't able to do against Navy last year. And, you know, uh, it's just a really important year for Notre Dame, and I know that it's a weird week zero game in, in Europe. But I just, you know, watching the game last year and the way that it, it, it played out and how they got up by almost 20 in the first half and just kind of put their foot off the gas pedal last year, I, I would expect that they would – you know, kind of rectify what they, you know, learned from their season a year ago and get on track the right way with, you know, the Sam Hartman era beginning. Hey, Ari, Mike here. Uh, recently, you wrote a draft about the Heisman candidates for this year. I'm a big fan of any draft I see. Give us a, an idea who you like here to win the Heisman, kind of a short-priced favorite, and then who you think a dark horse at a big number might be able to come through and win this thing for it. Yeah, yeah. The whole staff did the draft, um, uh, the whole national staff at the Athletic, and, you know, you're kind of just at the mercy of, 
you know, who other people draft ahead of you. It might not be your favorite, but, you know, my favorite long shot uh, Heisman pick is Marvin Harrison, uh, Jr. at Ohio State. I think he's somewhere in the 19, 20, 21 to 1 range at this point. And, you know, if you look at the way that the sport is kind of, you know, setting up, uh, it kind of feels like there's a pretty clear pathway for a non traditional, you know, position player like a receiver, not a quarterback. Won it this year. I mean, you look at Caleb Williams, just so really, really hard to win that award two years in a row. Uh, voters, uh, like I am myself, tend to, um, you know, hold players who have already won that award to a, a certain standard that just is impossible to, impossible to meet. Drake May, who I think might actually be the number one pick in the draft next year, which also might be an interesting future to look into, um, plays for a team that might lose three, four, five games this year and won't really be in the spotlight. I don't know if statistics alone are enough to win it anymore. And, you know, whatever happens at Ohio State with their quarterback battle, I think that, you know, their success is going to be predicated on how good Marvin Harrison is. And I think he's probably the most complete, um, you know, receiver that prospect that's come through college football in, in quite some time. And, you know, Ohio State, you know, does have a Mecca Buka, but he should get the line share of the target. So, um, I personally speaking, I really, really like his, his odds. And, you know, one person that I think from a, a, a you know, worse odds perspective or a quarterback would be Quinn Ewers of Texas. Um, I think he might be fourth or fifth on the most likely, you know, odds wise to win it. And I just like, like the position that Texas is in right now. Um, if you look at the receivers that he's going to be working with in the offensive line, he's going to be working with A.D. Mitchell, Xavier Worthy. Like Texas is probably an offense that's going to, you know, score 40 points a game this year if things go the right way. And, you know, if they beat Alabama or, you know, go one and one against Alabama and Oklahoma and, you know, get through the big 12, win the big 12 and make the playoffs. Like that is literally, you know, Texas kid with a longhorn tattoo on his left thigh leading Texas with a 40 point, you know, per game scoring offense is literally what the Heisman trophy is made of. So those would be my two picks at the beginning of the year when it comes to, to great value and moderate value. Ewers right now, 13 to one over at DraftKings, a better price on Marvin Harrison Jr., who Ari just mentioned at 20 to one. The question, who's going to be throwing him the football, Ari? And you wrote about this at The Athletic. You said, whoever throws the football there at Ohio State, believe in him because of Ryan Day. Yeah, I mean, there's, I think he's the only coach in college football, top of my head, that's had um, 100% hit rate on, you know, quarterbacks coached and first round draft picks on production. Um, you know, and it's just Ohio state's got a very good offense and they play against a bunch of teams that just can't physically match up with them. And, you know, whoever it's going to be is going to throw the ball over the place. And, you know, Marvin Harrison, uh, junior and uh, Mac Buka and some of the other guys that are on that team, Xavier Johnson, um, you can't cover them and the, the teams that are going to be playing them won't be able to cover them. So, you know, I don't know who's going to win the quarterback battle. I think everybody kind of generally, you know, leans toward Kyle McCord, but, you know, I've heard uh, some things about Devin Brown in the last few weeks and, and kind of seen the tea leaves on the internet that that job's not over with. But all I know for sure is that any quarterback who has a pretty good offensive line who is playing against teams that can't even compare from a talent perspective throwing to a target who might be a starter in the NFL this year if he were in the league uh, is usually a good combination. But that's why I like Marvin Harrison's value so much because, you know, the quarterback, whoever it's going to be, Devin Brown or McCord, might come in and play very well, but I think that it's going to be very easy to assign whatever success that they have, you know, at Ohio State as the start of this year to Marvin Harrison's brilliance. And if Ohio State's able to beat Michigan and get to the you know, college football playoff yet again, uh, and they have this receiver who might be a top three pick and one of the best, you know, 
phenomenons out there at that position who also has the numbers to back it up. Like a 20-to-1 number right now is really, really juicy to me. Let's fast forward one week. we got LSU, Florida State next week. LSU right now a two-and-a-half-point favorite, total sitting at 58. Who do you like in the game, Ari, and which team do you think ends up having a better season long-term? Yeah, that's a really good question and something that I've kind of been mulling over the last few weeks as I look through uh, you know, at that neutral site game, which I believe is in Orlando. Um, and last year I kind of fell into the trap of kind of skewing towards the talent and just going into the LSU bucket. But there's a lot of hype around Florida State this year. Like People think that Florida State has a, le- a legitimate chance of potentially making the playoffs or competing for a national championship. Um, I don't see that. Um, and I still kind of lean toward you know, LSU and, and what they have on their roster. If you kind of look um, at that team a little bit closer, I really believe that they probably should be the favorite to win the SEC. I mean, if you go ahead and look at the um, quarterback position, Jaden Daniels is expected to, you know, take a huge step forward. And, you know, they have the best player in college football, in my opinion, on the defensive side of the ball, linebacker with Harold Perkins. Um, Malik Neighbors is going to be a really good receiver this year. And, you know, I know that Jordan Travis and, you know, some of the guys that they, you know, brought in from the transfer portal on the Florida State side are going to be really intriguing. But I just think that, you know, LSU, which might not have the depth that you would want in a, preseason national championship favorite just kind of matches up really well. And it's just a shame because both of these teams are viewed as dark horse, potential national championship contenders. And, you know, you got a two and a half point spread on a neutral field. And it's like, uh, I guess it's not a shame. It's going to be an awesome game. And I can't wait to watch it. And I think that the most important thing about that is, is that uh, if it is a close game, that the loser of that game isn't out of the national championship race. Um, and, you know, you actually get a chance to see some, some really good teams and, and, the beginning of the year that might actually get to kind of switch up what we come to expect from the people who make the college football playoff. I would lean LSU right now, um, but there's so much to be seen in terms of what these teams actually look like with their, what they put on the field, um, you know, in relation to the, the hype that they have. So LSU would be my lean, but I wouldn't feel confident about that. Ari, I want to ask you about the Pac-12. Is it as easy as USC at plus 195? You've got Oregon plus 310, Washington plus 320, and then Utah five and a half to one. Who do you have winning the conference? Yeah, I mean, like at the beginning of the year, you probably have to lean towards USC because their defense was awful last year, um, and they still were probably a half of football away from making the college football playoff and winning their conference. And that half of football, if their all-world talent quarterback didn't uh, get injured, they probably would have won that game. I know woulda, shoulda, coulda doesn't really, you know make for a compelling argument, you know, after something happens. But the thing that scares me about USC in this Pac-12 is if you guys looked at the second half of their schedule, like the first half, they're playing San Jose State on Saturday. We're going to, you know, get the first look at Caleb Williams again um, in the season. And they play Nevada, Stanford, Arizona State, and Colorado, and Arizona. And then their second half of their schedule was at Notre Dame, home against Utah, um, at Colorado, which is the one break that they get, and they have Washington, Oregon, and UCLA back to back to back before the Pac-12 championship game. And like, if they don't have a much better defense this year, and when I mean much better, like just like a super competent one that knows how to tackle, there's no <laughs> shot they're making it through that last second game stretch that without losing one or two games. So like right now, you know, I see USC as a, a two to one dog and you know they're the favorite but also getting two to one money on that i like that that ratio there a little bit um but i would probably try to find somebody in the pac-12 that has a more manageable conference like utah conference schedule i think utah the back the back champion um you know has really good value and i think that they miss a few uh 
but they don't have all those teams in the same succession that USC has in the second half of the year. And I think that sometimes circumstances every bit as important um, in terms of the schedule makers is actually how good your team is. Um, so that's the case. I'm not a, I'm not a big USC fix their defense believer. Uh, and if they do, I think we're going to find out here shortly into the season. Um, and then that's the case, getting two to one of them is great. But like looking at that schedule just scares the hell out of me. Until Saturday is the podcast. Ari Wasserman, national college football reporter over at The Athletic. Love your work. Look forward to listening to the podcast and reading all season. Ari, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you guys. You got you, buddy. Thank you very much. Ari Wasserman on Twitter does a great job. That is such a fun, like, I'm just looking at the odds right now, Samich. It is such a fun conference because even if you dip into Oregon State at 11 to 1 with their schedule, it's not crazy. The best conference in college football to bet and watch this year is going to be the Pac 12. When's the last time we said that? When we were doing the radio show, Living in LA, Big Guy, we all we would do is make fun of the Pac 12. Like you said, they cannibalized each other. Yep. All they have is Pac 12 after dark. Sharp money. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, three preseason games tonight, and VEASAN experts are busy evaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Remember, you get picks from every on-air host, team-specific preseason analysis, how to use VEASAN's betting splits and football contest strategies. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and get your copy of the guide. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Mike Samich. Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. Week zero tomorrow, steak dinner on the line. Did I hear that? We're going to dig into a couple of more matchups tomorrow. But quickly, what's the bet with you two? No, it's JVT. Me and JVT the other day made a bet. He likes UTEP. I like Jack State. And we're going to put a, a dinner at Andiamo at the D on the line. And I'd like Jacksonville State to cover so that uh, I can order the seafood tower. Because if I win, I will not be ordering appetizers or sides. 
<laughs> okay. Well, let's discuss because there's disagreement there at the South Point Studios on this one as well. UTEP, Jack State. It's right now a point and a half at DraftKings with UTEP Lane at Samich. We'll start with you. Give me the minors here. This is an interesting game here. Jacksonville State, this is their first D1 game that they're going to be playing. They're taking a step up. The organization, or I should say the school, has had a lot of success since 2014, winning seven division titles. Uh, but that was against a lower tier of teams. They have to now step up and take on a UTEP team that I actually think is trending in the right direction. As a team that's win total is set at five and a half. They've not gone to a bowl in something like 50 years. It's been forever since UTEP's been able to make a bowl. They were five and seven last year. The juice is to the over on that five and a half number. So this is a UTEP team that that professional betters and the public are getting on board with and expect to be able to make a bowl this year. If they want to make a bowl, they got to beat Jacksonville State today. This is a huge game for them, or tomorrow, I'm sorry. Huge game for them to be able to get the job done here. I think they're able to do that. Jacksonville State's going to want to run the ball. That is UTEP's strength on defense. I think UTEP's able to shut down the run game here and put up enough points to be able to beat Jacksonville State, start out the season 1-0. So I'll lay the point and a half here with UTEP. You're on the Gamecocks, big guy. Yeah, going to ride the Gamecocks. Look, Zion Webb, seventh year at quarterback. A lot of people go to college for seven years. They're called doctors. But Zion Webb is back. <laughs> it's also the first healthy offseason he's really had and another year in the system for Jacksonville State. Uh, the What? Another year in the system. It's his seventh year. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> like, no, but how like, many years do you need? Know, Rich, Rich Rod's only been there two years. Right. Rich Rod's only been there two. This is Rich Rod's second year. Yeah. So, uh, but last season, Average 36 points a game, allowed just 23, returned 22 starters. O-line's got four or five guys back. This team's great in the red zone, an 88.9% red zone success rate. That was 11th nationally in red zone offense. And on the other side, UTEP, they're 4-7 and seven when they open the year with a league contest. And they're on a three-game losing streak in that regard. This is a conference game to open week zero. UTEP and Jacksonville State, their first game in Conference USA. I'm going to ride with Jacksonville State. So what was what it was 88.6% red zone percentage? 88.9. 88.9. What was the schedule they faced last year? No, I get that, but... <laughs> Uh-oh. So we we all part of the reason for for looking further into Jacksonville State because my original thought was to dismiss them was I think we we're all late to the party on James Madison you know a year ago when they were making the jump and I think the FCS level look also this is a Jacksonville State squad where a lot of these players a couple of years ago I believe they upset Florida State like so it's not totally insane you know that they won't have a tough transition to the next level and I think going from FCS to Conference USA. Is it really that big of a jump? You are going to be, Dustin is going to be insufferable next week if Jacksonville State beats UTEP because JVT, Samich, and a bunch of Sharps are all over UTEP and the minors. So if Jack, if the Gamecocks come through, you're going to be flexing big time, big guy. Yeah, what what I would tell you is I know I look round, but uh, me and all the other square people seem to be on Jacksonville <laughs> State, and the, the sharper <laughs> people tend to be on UTEP is what I'm I'm noticing a trend here. Oh, look, hopefully Jacksonville State wins for the content, right? Then you can take some photos of that seafood tower with a nice steak of JVT signing that bill. You could throw them up next Friday when I'm on the show. Just cover. Just cover for me. Speaking of square, that would be betting a seven when you can find a six and a half on a favorite in the market. So let's do this. Massachusetts, UMass, uh, New Mexico State, Samich. This is a number you're waiting for. You've actually seen, I see one six and a half in the market, but mostly everybody, New Mexico State, laying seven. We'll go DraftKings on this one. They are laying seven. I believe you're waiting 
for the six and a half? I'm seeing if I can get a six and a half here. Look, this game was at eight uh, a couple weeks ago. UMass plus eight, so New Mexico is laying eight there. They got down to six and a half for a second. I missed the six and a half flip. I'm hoping that we get back down to that number because I would like to get behind New Mexico here. Look, UMass is Awful. I'm talking real bad. They gave up 31.1 points per game last year. Uh, they don't have very much of an offense. This is a team that is win total is projected at two and a half this season. Yes, two and a half wins is their win total here. New Mexico had a decent season last year. They're an upswing team. They should be able to cover the six and a half at home if we, if we can get to that number. I don't want to lay the seven, so I'm waiting to see if six and, a, six and a half pops up again. If it does, I'll play it. If not, I'm just going to pass on this one. Okay. Elsewhere. Hawaii Vandy. Big guy, you had a thought on this one right now. Let me take a look at the market. I see as high as on 18 at Vandy, but mostly including DraftKings sitting 17 and a half. 56 we're showing, 56 and a half, 50, actually 55 and a half, all the way up to 56 and a half on the total. Yeah, you know, I mean, Vander, uh, not Vander, but Hawaii is a team that you usually want to fade when they're not on the island. The most of their success comes at home. Obviously, the travel plays a role, and probably the fact that all those players are enjoying paradise for a couple of days leading up to that game where maybe the pressure feels like it's off. So last year, this was the game that I mentioned on the show yesterday where Evan, the big better, was at Circa, and we came up with a second-half bet, and we we all put uh, Vanderbilt second half as the play. I can't remember how many points we laid, but it didn't matter because I think they scored 35 in the third quarter alone and cruised to a massive win over Hawaii. Well, now Hawaii is coming off the island. They're going to Vandy, a Vandy squad that beat Kentucky, that beat Florida a year ago, and it's still Vandy, but it's not quite the same Vandy. They're same, but different. Same, but different. You know what I mean? Uh, and I wanted to see how Hawaii does in first halves on the road. So I just went back last year and looked. And they had Michigan, New Mexico State, San Diego State, Colorado State, Fresno State, and San Jose State. Man, a lot of states on the road, huh? Uh, must be a good interstate system then. Uh, it's hey. a joke because Hawaii is an island. Uh, and I looked in the first <laughs> half. In the first half, Hawaii on the road last year was outscored 128-19. to 19. They only had, they tied Wyoming. Oh, no, that wasn't a road game. Sorry. They only had one lead at the half. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. That's it. So I'm going to go, and I think, I'm not 100% sure yet, I think I'm going to lay the 10.5 with Vandy in the first half against Hawaii. Yeah, this is a game I'm going to try and dive deeper into the total. Both of these defense, absolutely atrocious last year. Uh, Vanderbilt, specifically their secondary, 125th ranked passing success against. Uh, and they're returning eight starters, so you're pretty much getting the same defense rolled right back out there for them. Total sitting at 56. If Hawaii puts up 14 to 17 here, it feels like we're going over that total. So the, the total sitting at 56 might seem might be a little bit low. I haven't bet this game yet. I haven't dove into this one yet as deeply as I have the others. I may end up, end up on the over here just because of how bad that Hawaii or the Vanderbilt secondary is. And the fact that Hawaii's defense was bottom, uh, I think it was bottom 20 last year as well in uh, college football. So two bad defenses banging heads here with two decent offenses that are going at it. But yeah, we always talk about. Go ahead, Dustin. Go ahead. If if you were a high school football player and Hawaii offered you, why would you listen to any other offer? It's far from home. That sounds great. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm no. I'm agreeing with you. I I'm mean, by saying. by that, Arizona and Arizona State would out recruit everybody every year. No, no, Hawaii. Hawaii is at a different level. It makes no. It shouldn't even be a part of America. It makes no sense. Size, size <laughs> matters, big guy. Size matters. Look, the, the Arizona and Arizona State, much bigger campuses, much bigger student body. You're not, not a big proponent of the motion of the ocean then, Samich, because oh. the ocean's <laughs> all around Hawaii. Yeah. I think Samich brought up a great point. When you talk about eight starters returning, sometimes we focus so much on returning production, 
when the production stunk, <laughs> it doesn't really, there's a, a, a new year in the system. Hey, just quickly, we've got Yogi Roth coming up. Just wanted to ask you boys, cause there's a big time story over at ESPN.com talking about Trey Lance and how it's over for the 23 year old at San Francisco. Who takes a flyer? Who takes a shot on Lance? This is random. Put well, the guy, the, the guy, like if he was on any other team, the guy I would think would take a shot on him for a reclamation project would have been Kyle Shanahan. But the fact that it's Kyle Shanahan giving up on him speaks volumes when, Kyle, like I said yesterday, Kyle Shanahan tried to win the NFC East one year with, with John Beck and uh, Rex Grossman. Uh, if I'm Atlanta or the Arizona Cardinals, I'm willing to take a shot here. Atlanta with the idea that I want someone behind Riddle, Riddle, uh, Ritter just in case it doesn't go well. And Arizona, because if you start him and he plays well, He's worth exponentially more than what you traded for him right now. And you've got absolutely nothing to lose at this point. You're starting Colt McCoy. I'd rather have Lance than Ritter. You think? <laughs> I hope Desmond Ritter and his family and his next of kin have never heard of V-Sin because it's not just sharp money. And in particular, Dustin Sweetelson, this network freaking hates him. <laughs> the guy's garbage, man. He's like, I, I've never been more sure of anything. Desmond Ritter will not be the playoff will not be the quarterback of a playoff team at least this year. Real quick positive case for him. Mariota was the 39th rate quarterback out of 41 quarterbacks with over 100 throws last year. He doesn't he just needs to be better than that. And they can win <laughs> okay, eight games. Okay, question. A question then big guy. Will Taylor Heineke be the quarterback of a playoff team this year? If Atlanta wants to go to the playoffs, that's what they'll do. <laughs> Man, the Ritter hate is real. Yogi Roth, he covers the Pac-12. Well, he'll join us next here on Sharp Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Okay, sign up for the VSIN Pro annual subscription and you get a free copy of Billy Walter's new book, Gambler Secrets from a Life at Risk. It's a great deal. Use the promo code Billy, B I L L Y, VSIN.com slash subscribe to get it. Remember, the conversation with Billy Walters and Brent Musburger you can find at VSIN.com. But again, sign up for the VSIN Pro annual subscription and get a free copy of Billy Walters' brand new book, Gambler secrets from a life at risk it's vcin.com slash subscribe mike samich dustin sweetelson i'm patrick maher this is sharp money it's vcin the sports betting network we're going to welcome in uh former coach player author filmmaker he does it all pack 12 network analyst yogi roth at yogi roth on twitter and he joins us now hi yogi how are you i'm doing great man can't wait to into a game tomorrow night, man. Just leaving USC and our coaches meeting right now and always enthused when you walk out of the facility knowing there's a game right around the corner. And of course you coached there at USC. Let's talk about this team. We were just talking about Caleb Williams before you came on. Tell us what excites you about the player. Well, so much. I mean, his whole makeup uh, is the blueprint, I think, for an elite performer in college right now terms of how his approach to the game he still got that childlike fascination with play you know for instance i was at practice on tuesday and he's the last guy off the field because he's just laughing and playing and sitting on the grass and playing catch with his teammates that range from a variety of positions on the group a variety of ages a variety of you know star rankings like he just loves the game still like he hasn't turned into you know what everybody's kind of deeming like oh he's just a pro you know like he's still playing. You know, so I, I love that part of him. Uh, I think he's a seeker 
of knowledge. You know, you talk to anybody within that building, and they talk about how he's just trying to get better all the time and how he said, hey, what areas do I need to grow on in that team with led by Lincoln Riley and with Kingsbury and all. You know, everybody working with quarterbacks have poured into him, and, and he's loved that part of it. And then I think, you know, what he stands for. You know, he's not just a guy resting on his Heisman. You know, he, he knows the deal. He knows what competing is like, and he's driven to win. You know, he's not driven for individual awards. And, and I've always felt this, man, at USC, and I felt it when I coached it there, is that when you sign there as a quarterback, you really become a household name. When you start there, you really become a Heisman candidate. I, I truly believe that. And, and he's been able to handle all, all the things that come with that. And, you know, when it's hard, I'm, I'm sure he's got a great support system. Lincoln Riley's been there and done that. So it, it's hard for me to nail one thing, which is why I love we have three and a half hours in a game talk about him because he'll plays, he'll have examples, he'll have B-roll, uh, but he's really impressive as a young man, and uh, I love how he manages himself as a player, as a businessman, as a student. Uh, it's really something I've never seen before, and I don't think college football has either in this era. Yogi, a couple segments back, I, I said the words, the Pac-12 is the most exciting conference this year and the one that I'm looking forward to bet the most. Right now, USC, your favorite there, plus 195, back-to-back champion, Utah sitting there at plus 550. Who do you like to come out of the Pac-12 this year, and do you like any teams as sleepers at bigger odds? Yeah, I don't know the odds, but I, I'll say this. like Washington, to me, is who I picked to win the league uh, in the media poll preseason just based on like what I knew, kind of what I trusted the most. You know, Utah, I still don't know about Cam Rising's health. You know, I just, I just don't know. You know, I, I know who he is and what he is when he's rolling. Uh, and I hope to God he can play next Thursday night against Florida. He's just such a difference maker. Uh, guys won two straight titles. He didn't get a single vote, first or second team, all preseason. wasn't even an honorable mention quarterback, which to me is a joke and an indictment on voters, but also reflection on the talent at that position in, in the league that you referenced. I think Oregon is getting no play because of SC's dialogue, because of Utah defending champs, because of UW, and, and the sleeper to me would be Oregon State. But but Oregon's got a roster that's CFP caliber. Uh, and I'd probably say those guys, those, those five teams, is kind of where I net out and, and say UCLA is a hair below. I just watched them practice last week, and they're as complete as a team as, as they've ever had under Chip Kelly in every phase. So they'll, they'll be a hard out for everybody. The challenge in this league, as we all know, um, is it's nine conference games. And in this era where there's been nine conference games in the Pac-12, nobody's ever gone unscathed, right? Whether it's the Oregon teams with Marcus Mariota, the Washington team with um, Jake Browning and Chris Peterson, like nobody's done it. Nobody's gone undefeated. And the way the schedule is this year, it's, it's really fun uh, for us as viewers and definitely as a broadcaster where all those teams, for the most part, play each other. Right, UW plays SC and Utah and Oregon and, and vice versa with all those teams. Oregon State's the one that gets a couple of misses, and that's why I wouldn't be shocked if they found their way to the championship game in, in Allegiant Stadium. Yogi Roth joining us here on Sharp Money. Pac-12 network analyst going to be on the USC call tomorrow. Let me ask you, just mention Oregon State. Jonathan Smith, 10 wins last year. Can they run it back, Yogi? DJ in at quarterback, a great offensive front. Tell us about Oregon State this year. Yeah, oh yeah, a thousand percent. They're they're more than capable. DJ Uyunglele uh, comes to Oregon State much like Bo Nix coming to Oregon. By that I mean he's really having fun. You know, I got a chance to spend some time with him. And, and you go to Clemson, you follow Trevor Lawrence. You know, we we can't forget that a lot of these guys went through something that none of us went through as athletes, which was the pandemic. 
social justice uprising around the country. I mean, there's a lot of things that were hard about that experience for DJ. And now he's at a place where he doesn't have to be the man. He doesn't have to try to be Taj, doesn't have to try to be Deshaun, doesn't have to try to be Trevor. He just can be him. And to your point, with the, one of the best offensive lines in the country, probably one of the most consistent, off, consistent offensive lines in the country the last couple of years when you look at the numbers, and the best running back on the West Coast in Damian Martinez. And a good enough receiving core that can get behind defenses in the play-action game. No, by the way, DJ is 6'3", 6'4", 256. That's the most physically imposing quarterback, I'd argue, in the country, let alone this league, when you just look at the sheer size, weight, speed of him. And then you have this defense that was the saltiest in the league last year. they got to replace some guys. I think they have the tools to do it. And then, I, again, you go back to the schedule. So, yeah, I, I think that they got a great opportunity to do something that hasn't been done there in the Pac-12 era at Oregon State. And I think we can't ignore the, the chip. I mean, they're the ones that were just kind of left, you know, by everybody. You know, when that decision was made by a lot of the schools in this league, starting here in L.A., uh, and then moving up to the Northwest and the four-corner schools, uh, I don't know the intricacies of it, but I, I don't imagine a lot of schools are saying, hey, come along with us, Oregon State. So I think that they're going to, have an even bigger chip that you always feel when you go to Corvallis. We'll see how they manage that. It becomes something that's larger than life or if they can handle it like pros. I know Jonathan Smith is as good as you're going to find, I think, as a young head coach in the country. And he's built this thing in a way that not many people can say they've done. Like, true rebuild. That team was terrible when he took it over. And to do what he's doing now and and what he did last year is, is an incredible sign of who he is and you think about what he did year one, he, he was getting transfers in before the transfer portal was really open and really a thing. And he always leaned on this line, which is he was going to try to do common things in uncommon ways. And they've done that when you look at the state of college football now. So I'm all in on the Beavs. Um, probably one of the few guys that have said, you know, I think I can see them in Las Vegas, but, but I can, man. I, I've watched that, that rebuild up close and personal. Very interesting take there under the chip on the shoulder there with everyone else leaving the Pac-12 and them being one of those teams waiting there. And Corvallis, tough place to play at night. Hard to go into Corvallis and win. I want to pivot back to the USC team for a second here. We talked a lot about the offense, but the defense is going to be the key to this USC's team season. We know Lincoln Riley rated the transfer portal, added depth at every single level. What have you seen from this defense and practices, and what do you, what do you kind of expect from this USC defense moving forward this year? Well, they'll be better. You know, we just got out of a meeting with Alex Grinch, their defensive coordinator, and talked a lot about how, like, they're coaching more this training camp versus managing more. And so by that, I mean, like, hey, I can coach you on technique. I can coach you on scheme. I don't have to manage you on effort. to manage you on execution. I don't have to manage you on preparation. I don't have to manage you on being early, take care of your body, getting rest, what have you. And I, I think that's a sign of a veteran group. Uh, and they've got a core group of veterans coming back. And, and I think for Lincoln Riley, a lot of times you just think, oh, I see added via the portal. But they do a really nice job of vetting the portal. And by that, I mean, who, who in the portal doesn't want to go to L.A.? Who in the portal isn't asking about NIL? Like, that's just the game. But he, he's really done a nice job of evaluating character and fit. And I've interviewed a handful of those guys. For Anthony Lucas, Jamil Muhammad, Mason Kovic, had him on my podcast. It'll come out in a week or two. Like These are transfers that were either – Productive, like Mason Cobb, super productive at Oklahoma State, or a big upside, Anthony Lucas, Bear Alexander. Uh, you can kind of go around that front seven. I mean, there's nine defensive transfers that are on this roster. All nine won't start, but about seven of them are going to contribute. Then the back end just got better. 
right? They added with Christian Roland Wallace, but they returned Sierra Wright, started last year, uh, one of the best springs on the defense. Damani Jackson is a five-star recruit, 10-2-5, 100-meter guy, the fastest player in America when he was in high school, but he had an injury in high school, never really recovered fully. Now he finally can cut it loose you know, from a knee injury. You got All-American safety and Kalen Bullock and, and other high-productive guys at the other spots. I, I think that it's going to be a much improved defense. I think that this defense is based on just kind of like old school. Like uh, every high school coach in the country will say, gap integrity, that's what this defense is. Use that your area, and you got to handle it. And I think they're just better prepared to handle it uh, with, with a very aggressive scheme. The challenge will be in the back half of the season, the teams that they play. Yogi Roth, you're the best. All information, Yogi, at Yogi Roth on Twitter. We're back. Think of everything you do to provide for your family. A home, food on the table, health care, vacations, and saving for your kids' education. It's all good as long as you're alive. But it's only a drop in the bucket of what they'll need if you die without life insurance. Buying term life insurance is not something you can afford to put off. Call the Term Lifeline now for the lowest possible rates on quality term life insurance. Term life rates are at all-time lows, and we can save you up to 70%. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you already... This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. I can't lie. This is kind of brilliant from Visa. So get rewarded before you place a bet. G-Bank Visa signature card. Unlike other credit cards that decline your sports betting transactions or treat them as a cash advance, the G-Bank Visa signature card can load directly to your favorite sportsbook apps. You're going to earn a 1% cash rewards on gaming and sports app loads and 2% on other purchases. G-Bank Visa is a card designed for gaming and sports fans everywhere and works with apps like DraftKings, BetMGM, and Caesars. To learn more, go to g.bank slash vsin. That's g.bank slash vsin. We got you back. Mike Samich. I'm Patrick Maher. Dustin Sweetelson with the rare host-to-host tease during the break. 
And now I'm on pins and needles. So, and we're going to have to get, we don't have a new top 10. We finished out the top 10 on a Thursday, which is rare. A first time ever here on sharp money, but we definitely Samich always is great with reacting to the top 10. So we're going to have to get his reaction to Dustin's top 10 wing flavors, which is coming up in just a bit. However, Weird tease. You said you have a new way to eat wings. Would you like to clarify? Yeah. So do you guys prefer flats or drums? I used to probably drums. I used to be a drum guy. I'm kind of a flat guy now. I've I've turned the corner. Most people like drums. I'm a flats fan, but you know, the problem with the flats is like, it's two pieces. You got to like nibble around it. It gets really messy and awkward. So I learned this method that if you take it and you stand it up at a point, and you push down, you can push all of the meat off, and you almost have like a giant nugget of the skin covering the meat on the chicken, and then you dip it in your blue cheese, and it's perfect. You really- Can't you just take the nug? Can't you just take the nub and then put your mouth on it and pull out? Yep. This is easier. I have a beard. It gets in my beard. It gets in my mustache. This way, I just take it. My hands get messy. I'm washing them anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the thing I like about it is you, you can bite one side, then get the bone out of there. Then you got all meat on the other little bone that's left. And then you could dip that in the sauce and then eat that when you're good to go. Although I don't I don't use sauce because I don't like condiments. You're, you're making your life harder. No, I'm making your life easier. Just get it off in one shot. It's one piece. Pop it in your mouth. I don't think VEASAN's target audience are vegetarians, but they love this segment. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's go through the sauces and the wing flavors. This is, and to be fair, Samich has seen number one, but we even heard, shout to our friend Ardne, who knew you were trolling at one. She sent a message. Of course, big guy did that. Sweet Thai chili was 10. Lemon pepper was nine. Parmesan garlic was eight. Mild sauce for your wings was seven. Six was Caribbean jerk. BBQ was five. Teriyaki four. Hot three. Two. Mango habanero. And what was one, big guy? Number one was uh, a wing that only existed at a little bar called Tight Ends. It was in Remerton, Georgia, which is a city within the, the, the town of Valdosta, Georgia, which allows for later drinking. Essentially, they created a town within a town so you could drink later at night to get around city ordinances. And Tight Ends was open for, I want to say, eight months. And one, they did two things well. One was make and invent buffalo raspberry hot wings. The other was cook and deal meth out of the back of the bar. <laughs> I chose the buffalo raspberry wings as the thing I was going to buy from them. And I have to tell you, I've thought about these wings a lot ever since. I've tried to recreate myself with all sorts of like real raspberry flavors and raspberry compote and artificial ones and I can't get it right. I don't know how they did it. They were Buffalo raspberry hot wings and they keep me up at night. Now, Samich, just to let you know, he released number one yesterday and it was Buffalo raspberry for wing flavors. And I literally had not, I didn't have anything. I just didn't say anything. I just said, he's an idiot. Yeah. Uh, what would you like to say? I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a bougie version of a Buffalo wing. And yet he makes fun of bougie versions of other food. I'm not sure how we can, we can allow this. If we're just going to be this hypocritical when we're talking about the, the bougie foods, either you like them or you don't, you called me bougie for some of my appetizer selections. And then you put Buffalo raspberry as your number one hot wing flavor. Mm. Boo- bougie. Mm. The guy who cooked these wings had four teeth in his head. You said the guy who cooked all your wings had four teeth in your head during the break. So yeah, no, I don't want to hear that one. There's nothing bougie about buffalo raspberry. It's just fruit with hot. We're playing off salty and sweet. It's just like mango habanero, but better. Right. You you sounded like a top chef 
guest right there. You know, I'm playing off the hot and the sweet. I'm adding some raspberry with the buffalo. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, come yeah, on. Sweet, salty. It's not you got to get the right combo. It's just flavor profiles, bro. Uh-huh. Now you're broing right. me. You know you're wrong. <laughs> Three preseason games tonight. Samich, I know you got to play. We're talking about two of the totals. Detroit's at Carolina. Carolina's up to four and a half. That total 37. I'll skip your side and get to the chargers at San Francisco. San Francisco is seven and a half, a total of 38. And I believe you're on Tennessee here. Tennessee's up to two and a half at DraftKings, hosting new England and a total of 38. Yeah. We, we haven't gotten confirmation on either quarterbacks here. You've heard both the possibility of Mac Jones and Ryan Tannehill playing in this game. I, to me, the biggest thing here is the offensive line for new England. They are atrocious right now. You have two injuries on this offensive line. You essentially have middling round draft picks, undrafted rookies who are going to be starting and running the second team offensive line for the Patriots. It's the reason they're considering not starting Mac Jones in this game. He got hit five times last week, sacked twice by the Packers. I think you don't end up with Mac Jones in here. I think you end up with the Titans having a, an advantage at quarterback. And by the way, Tennessee has run the ball exceptionally well in the preseason. I think they're going to be able to continue to do that today. I think Tennessee's able to move the ball on the ground. And I think the Patriots aren't most be able to move the ball at all. So I'm going to lay the two here with Tennessee. I actually bet them plus 115 on the money line this morning. I'm still laying the two here. I'd lay anything up to three. Okay. Beautiful. Let's close some tabs to close out the week here and also good news you guys are hanging tonight correct you're gonna head over to circa and hang out with samich yeah they were gonna rage oh, we're playing craps right mm. there's no chance the big guy knows how to play craps i don't it's a very intimidating game and i i just uh, i don't i don't know if it's if i'm built for it to be honest you're lucky i'm on the handle at 9 a.m tomorrow because it means we can't actually rage i would get you in trouble Oh, I would get you in trouble with the law. <laughs> Let's be real. I can still make be, good decisions when I'm drunk. <laughs> I don't, and I enjoy it. Be hanging out with the college football college football team like Samich during the tournament <laughs> when he was hanging out with the college basketball team. Yeah, we're lucky there are right. no Vegas games this weekend. Exactly. Let's uh, let's close some tabs. Big guy, uh, what do you got? You were talking about us making it to football season, so I Googled, looks like we made it, because I was thinking of the song, it's Shania Twain, right? Wanted to see if it was definitely her who did it. It was Shania. But also, yeah. apparently it's a cover of a Barry Manilow so song. I had no idea Barry Manilow did. Looks like we made it. Who's who's the rapper who did uh, Look My I Made It? Look My I Made It. What? I think you'd have to rap it for us to have context. No, you go don't ahead want, you don't want that to happen. Gucci Mane. Gucci Mane. There we go. See? Oh, Gucci. Yeah, look at that. All right. Look at, <laughs> look at the Never. Doubt. You know what? You learn something new every day. Samich as a Gucci main fan. Surprising. I was not expecting it. Got to have depth boys. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially at the quarterback position and rappers <laughs> yeah. next kind of a bougie choice. Uh, we talked about the TV show QB one. So Justin Fields, Sam Hartman, the third member of his season was real Mitchell. Real Mitchell was a massive recruiter, went to Iowa state and then transferred uh, to temple and San Diego. And I think he eventually had to move to safety. Uh, some other notable people who were on that show, Tate Martell, Jake Fromm, Spencer Rattler. Mm. Yeah, season three. And I didn't even know there was a season four. Now I'm going to watch it this weekend. Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson. Correct. Wow. I didn't watch whatever that season. Wait, whatever happened to Tate Martell? That uh, name, for some reason, did, he became like a social media phenomenon, correct? He, well, he was a massive recruit. He was all hype. He talked a lot of smack. Kind of Johnny Manziel without any success. Uh, was at Miami. Was Remember, first Ohio State, then Miami, 
where Miami was bad and Miami looked at him and said, you can't play quarterback here. <laughs> We're going to make you a receiver. He then came back home here to Vegas and played for UNLV, yep. but I don't even think he saw the field very much and walked away from football. Yep. Facts. Okay. Before we get out of here, you mentioned you're hosting tomorrow morning here on VEASAN, but just quickly for those maybe new to you, Samich, you got a new show coming up for the football season with Matt Brown on Saturdays and Sundays. Give us that information. And then the panel with Mike Palm at circa tomorrow. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Starting September 2nd and September 3rd, we're moving the handle to a 4 PM Pacific to 7 PM Pacific timeframe. Uh, Saturday, we're going to be talking about the college football games, games that we bet earlier, how they went games. We'd like for the, for the rest of the evening. And then the NFL slate, as well as have the uh, contest picks every week from both the millions and the survivor contest. That'll be the last hour with Derek Stevens. who's going to be able to join or is joining us and releasing those picks uh, to the world there. So make sure you tune in for that. And then Sunday will be four to seven. Again, I can't wait for Sundays. It's going to be a blast. I'm a huge NFL better. We'll be able to talk about the early games, sweat those late games with us. We'll talk a lot about Sunday night football. And then for me, what I'm most excited about, we'll be live on the air when the openers come out for the next week. About 55% of my NFL bets last year were between 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. on Sunday night. I love betting openers. I think you can get edge, get ahead of it. Looking forward to, to talking with Matt through those openers as well. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. We're going to do some player props. We're going to have a, a, a closing line value trophy that we're going to give back and forth to who can get ahead of the lines the most every week on Sunday. So looking forward to doing that show with Matt. It's going to be an absolute blast. And then next, tomorrow, 3 to 5 on the, at, the, at Circo, we've got the panel with Mike Palm. Beautiful. It was a pleasure, Mr. Samich. And by the way, next time we're here on Sharp Money, Dustin Sweetelson will be reacting to college football, reacting literally to the games. Cannot wait. Enjoy week zero, boys. We'll see you on Monday here on Sharp Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.